All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Driven Not Given podcast. And we got a direct sales legend today for you. We got an incredible interview. We're going to be right back with Mr. Cedric Harris. All right, so I'm here with a gentleman that I follow for a long time, right? Uh, we never worked together. A lot of our, our mutual friends have worked with him. I've heard, you know, for over a decade, I've heard people talking about this guy saying that he's a man and, you know, how successful he's been and one of the best trainers in the industry. I always wanted to meet him. So I started following him on social media. He was, you know, nice enough to accept to come on the podcast. Very happy to have him. Direct sales legend, Mr. Cedric Harris. How are you, brother? I'm great, JC. Good to be on here with you, my friend. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you, man. Very happy you made it, bro. And we were just talking right before we got on here that you are in um, Tampa. And I was mentioning to you how that's one of the cities that I'm considering moving from Cali crazy California to Florida, particularly Tampa. It's a beautiful place. I actually uh, got here in 2000. When did I get to Florida? I got here in 2004. So originally from Virginia, got here in 2004, you know, hung out on the beach a little bit. You know, I was light skinned when I got here. Things kind of changed <laughs> after a little while. You know, but it's a beautiful place uh, and, and never went back. You know, so my family is still in VA. So we go back there periodically and visit. But Florida's home now for sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, Florida's beautiful. We were there last year. We went to Tampa and to Orlando because we took our, our, our son to um, Disney World. So it was uh, we had a good time and it's beautiful. How's the weather out there right now? Weather's great right now. It's about 83, 84, no humidity. It's it's like lake weather for me. I'm gonna try to get some fishing in later on today, you know. But this is lake weather, jet ski weather, boat weather. It's perfect time of the year right now. Not too hot, not too cold, and you know we don't have that humidity right now, so perfect timing. Awesome, awesome. Well, that's awesome. You know, it's raining in California here. One of the rare times that it rains. So, but today it is raining. But we're taking our kid, uh, our son, to um, Nintendo World this weekend. We were supposed to take him tomorrow, but it's gonna rain a lot tomorrow, so we're taking him on Sunday, and okay. so. Um, and we'll be making our way to Florida soon. But Cedric, I mean, listen, reason why I want you on here is because I've been watching a lot of your videos. As I mentioned, I've heard a lot about you through a lot of people that, I, that have a lot of credibility with me. In my book, these people have credibility. And if these people are talking about you the way that they're talking about you, I said, I got to interview this guy. I did see your interview with Eric Worre as well, even before you and I were in communication, because I knew who you were. And I said, uh, man, maybe, maybe this guy and I could, you know, do an interview someday or... Um, or even work together, you know, is, is in this industry, anything can happen. So, but one of the things in that Eric Worre video that you were talking about was you were mentioning about how you grew up and how you were selling candy in school, right? right. And so could you, could you tell the audience a little bit about that story? Oh man, that was a, a interesting time, you know, um, wow, where do, where do I begin? Um, that was back in the 10th grade, 10th grade, 11th grade. You know, uh, my dad was a butcher at a grocery store called Uprops in Richmond, Virginia. And I had this, this notion, I was seeing some of my friends selling candy, making money selling candy. So I told my dad, I said, hey, can you bring me home some blow pops and Reese's cups and, you know, Snicker bars and all that? He was like, what do you need all that candy for? And I'm like, oh, I just want to sell it. He was like, okay. So he bought me some, some packs of candy home and uh, went to school the next day and sold that candy and made some money. And then I, I gave my dad the, the re-up money and he went back and, and and bought me some more. And then we just started compounding that process. And uh, man, it, it I became the candy man. Like I was the candy man before the movie 
Candyman and I didn't kill anybody. I didn't chase anybody through the projects. I was just literally doing my thing at school. And uh, one day, one day, literally, I was at home. I made about $116 and my mom had came home from work. I was 16 years old. She came home from work and she saw me counting all this money. And where I grew up at, if you're counting 100 bucks, you know, on the table, you know, at 16 years old, it wasn't from selling candy. And my mom didn't know that I was selling candy. She was like, where'd you get all that money from? And I was like, I'm just selling candy. And she came over and she started counting it with me. And she said, you made $116 a day selling candy. And I was like, yeah, ma, isn't that cool? She was like, that's awesome. She was like, congratulations. And I was like, thank you, ma. I said, but why did you say it like that? She was like, because you're on your own now. And I was like, huh, what are you talking about? She was like, look, I make less than 500 bucks a week at my job. If you can make a hundred dollars a day, selling candy, then I'm not buying you any more sneakers. I'm not buying you no more leather jackets, no more of this other stuff that you want, used jeans, major damage stuff, blah, blah, blah. You can do it on your own. And that literally started my entrepreneur career. I mean, literally that, that started it all when I was 16 years old, because from that point, I was literally on commission all my life, you know, and it, and it took me down this, this trail of direct sales and you know, so many different things that have happened in my life beyond that point. So that was the beginning. That's for sure. Nice, nice. Very similar to that story. Um, I started selling chocolates uh, when I was 10 because I did it for the school, right, as a fundraiser. Yeah. And then I said, man, I'm making the school a whole lot of money. And one day my mom and I were driving through a Helen Grace Chocolate Factory. It says 50% off fundraisers. Long story short, we stopped by. My mom helps me out. I save a little bit of money. She lo loans me the rest. Now I'm selling chocolates door to door. And that's where I discovered leverage income <clears throat> because my neighbors, we lived in an apartment complex. So, you know, all the kids are like, man, you're rich. They'll make five bucks a day, sometimes 10 bucks a day. And then they were like, you're rich, man. And I was making two quarters. So sold them for a dollar, got it for 50 cents. So then a light bulb goes off. I said, tell you what, man, I'll pay you a quarter for every chocolate you sell. So I had about four or five kids selling chocolates door to door, bro. They're making a quarter. I'm making a quarter. So I fell in love with overrides and passive income at that point. You know what I'm saying? There you go. You started off right. That's what it's all about. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So that's awesome. <clears throat> Tell me about when you got started, Cedric, in the direct sales industry. I think that's probably one of the things that you're most known for, right? The mm -hmm. the the um, direct sales industry. So I'd like to know what is it that, you know, how did you get started in that company? And what was the first company, if you don't mind sharing, that you got started with? Sure, absolutely. Um, my very first company was Excel Communications. That was back when everybody had long distance on their phone, MCI, Sprint, um, Bell Atlantic with a big three. They were selling for 18, 19 cents a minute. Excel was doing it for 10 cents a minute. I was a manager at a, a frozen food company that literally we had a, a one call close that we had these leads. We would go to people's houses and sell them a $2,000 freezer and six months worth of meat at one time. And uh, I got really good at that. And they made me a manager. So I had like seven different sales reps. And one of my guys, his name was Todd. He went to Manley's house. I'll never forget because uh, Manley changed my life indirectly and he didn't even know it. He went to Manley's house. He sold Manley six months worth of food and a $2,000 freezer. And he came back the next day to turn in his paperwork. And he was like, said, you know, this guy was telling me about this Excel thing and how you can make money. And I told him that I really wasn't interested, but maybe, maybe you might like it. And I was like, interesting. And I looked at it. Ironically, about an hour or so later, Manly called to cancel the deal because it was one of those things that it was an emotional situation. Plus, the, the stakes were extremely expensive. So he, he got closed on the spot. Then he woke up the next day with that buyer's remorse of, 
I just paid two grand for a freezer that I can get for 500 bucks. And hold on for a second, this monthly payment. So he called to cancel. And I said, hold on for a second, before you cancel, you know, let's talk about that. But on the same token, I'm very interested in this Excel thing. So why don't I come out to your house? I'll sit down, we'll talk about saving your deal. And then you could talk to me about Excel and we can make it a win-win. He was like, well, okay. So I drove out to his home, sat down with him. Um, he told me about Excel. It was literally back when all you had to do was sign a form, mail it in, and you got paid. That was yeah. it. Sign a form, mail it in, you got paid. And I was like, this is taking candy from a baby. I said, you mean to tell me that all I got to do is get people to sign a form to switch their long distance? They give me no money. They don't give me their social security number. I don't have to sit wow. down with them for 45 minutes. If they've got a telephone and they're breathing, I've got a potential customer. He was like, yes, sign me up. I got in wow. for $245 and... Man, it was it was the my first run. I made forty. I saw the ten ninety nine not too long ago. I, I found it by accident. I made forty five hundred bucks my first year in network marketing, and I thought the sky was going to part. And I remember Manly sat me down and he said that you are the best worst sponsor I've ever seen in my life. And I'm like, <laughs> how am I the best worst sponsor you ever right. seen in your life? He was like, because said you recruited a lot of people. He was like, but you're selling them. Now, JC, I come from a mentality of a one called clothes. I was selling credit right. card processing and, you know, I was selling candy and selling drugs. I was doing all sorts of crazy stuff growing up, right? So when, when somebody says $245, I get two customers with this person and I make 300 bucks, I'm not leaving your house until you sign up because you yeah. got 245 So I'm just closing people, closing people, but they would never do anything. So right. I literally had to go and get their customers just to trigger my my cow bonus. And then I sat down with one of the guys at the time. He was making about 65 grand a month. He was a lawyer. And this was in 1999. And 65 grand a month today is a lot of money, let alone back in 1999. Yeah. And uh, I listened to everything he said because my dad made 30 grand a year. And I'm like, well, my dad making 30 grand a year and he's making 65,000 a month. I'm listening to him. So he started schooling me on the game and, and you know, educating me on the game. And we started going to the events and I just, I fell in love with the network marketing arena, man. And I've been in it since then, you know, it, it, I, mean, I, I can't, I can't leave it. We always have that thing of you, you step back for a minute, you come back in, you step, I, I built some pretty large organizations and I always tell people that the good thing about networking is that you deal with people. The bad thing about networking is that you deal with people. So it's, it's right. a process that sometimes it could, especially when you start to get to the tens of thousands of people that it could it burn you out just a notch. That's what happened to me anyway a couple of times. So I kind of stepped back and then you realize that there's nothing in the world like it. So it just draws you right back in. So uh, I've been in it now since 99. So now we're talking 24, 24 years now. So it's been a while. Wow. Wow. I got started in 2001. So just a few years later. And I remember I was in prepaid legal back then. It's now known as Legal yeah. Shield. And I remember when Excel had their problems or they sold or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these Excel reps, but it, I think Excel at the time had a compensation plan that was very advanced for its time. Would you agree? Ah, man, Lord rest his soul. Paul Lorbison was making a million dollars a month in 1999. A Ooh. million a month. Like the number one income earner in our arena right now is doing about 1.2 million a month in the world. So to make a million dollars a month in 1999, Right. If you tackle on inflation right now, that's probably the equivalent of nine million a month. <laughs> Easy. You know, wow. so when, when you got somebody on stage making a meal ticket a month and, you know, you're just a 
a kid from VA that grew up in the hood, that that makes you think, you know, it's like, hey, I just want a little bit. If I can just get 10 percent that good, that's 100 grand a month, you know, so that was always the chase. I heard that Paul uh, or, or whoever the owner was, I heard that somebody, they, they they one time thought of the comp line, they drew it out like in the hood of their car. So I don't know if that's a true story, but that they, that's when they came up with that comp line. They said, we could create a very strong comp line. And, and whether that story is true or not, that comp line, it, you know, was insane. So many people made so much money with that comp line. It was aggressive, man. It was a unit level with a cab bonus. You didn't make a ton of money off of the residual because it was long distance. You know, people were paying yeah. 10 to a minute. So you needed a, a ton of customers to do it. But that cab bonus was extremely aggressive. And as you went through the ranks and the only thing that triggered a cab bonus was somebody signing up, getting two customers. Everybody knew two people with a telephone yeah, and you could sign up yourself as a customer. So it was lay right. down. I mean, it was just triggering cab bonuses like crazy when you're getting two $300 cab bonuses running through your organization and you got, you know, hundreds of people and some people had thousands of people. My organization wasn't that big because I was I was brand new in the game. But when yeah. those cab bonuses were triggering, man, it was a sexy thing. It, it, I've never seen a comp plan like it before. There's a couple of people that have tried to, to duplicate it, but I think now based on where the industry is, you can't even duplicate that right now. <laughs> FTC would be like, hey, you got to change that a little bit. <laughs> you know, so it was, oh, yeah. it was a little different. It was a little different. It's it, yeah, definitely a little different. Not only that, back in 1999, when you started, there wasn't all of this. Now everything is out in the open, right? You know, back right. then people, la in my opinion, I think people lasted longer in a company. Now that, you know, there, there's all this shiny object syndrome, right? There's so many <laughs> things going on. It's just different times, right? Man, well, it's, it's microwave so, magic now. It's microwave magic. Right, right, exactly. So let me ask you this. Um, what is your biggest uh, month in network marketing? My biggest month, uh, 147. Wow. 147. So, so, so just to be clear, when he says 147, he's talking about $147,000 in one month. So, so the reason why I asked that question, Cedric, is because what I, obviously you're the person to answer this question. What are some of the attributes? You know, there's a lot of people that are building teams whether it's direct sales, network marketing, or just sales teams, right? Solar sales teams or whatever the case may be, insurance. What are some of the keys? If you could give people, I don't know, four to six keys to building an organization, what would those, those keys be? Um, first thing I would say is brand yourself, especially now. Like you're doing, you, you do a great job in that, especially with a podcast like this and a lot of the things that you do as well. You know, I think a lot of people have to understand that and this is this is my philosophy anyway. My philosophy is really simple. Um, people join people, not companies. So right. you've got to brand yourself. Companies come and go. You know, we can't control a decision that a company makes. We can't control if they decide to change the product line. If something happens with customer service, if something happens with the comp plan, you know, one day, you know, you're, you're making a hundred grand a month. The next day you're making 10 grand a month, like, because they tweak something like you can't control any of those things. What you can control though, is you, you can control your brand. So you have to brand you. That's number one. Number two, I would always tell people to give free value. Give free value. You know, I sat down with uh, Grant Cardone years ago. He was doing this, this, this uh, kind of similar to what you're doing. It was a, um, he started off with this, he called it Network Marketing Millionaire Moguls. And I was sitting down with him and I was the very first person that he, that he did an interview with. And I remember him telling me that Gary Vaynerchuk was in there with him. 
And he asked Gary Vaynerchuk, if there's one thing that you would tell me to do more of, what would you, what would you say? He was like, give away more free stuff. Like more free stuff, more free content. And he was like, dude, I, I do a ton of that now. He was like, yeah, do more. Like what? Wow. Do more. Just keep doing more. Now, most people would think that, why would I keep giving away all of this free content? Why would I give all this free content? Why would I give all this free content? First of all, everybody isn't going to consume all the free content for number one. Okay. They, right. They're not. Okay. But secondly, what ends up happening psychologically in people's brain is that if you're giving me this much for free, I wonder what's going to happen if I pay you something. Right. I led you down this rabbit hole. I've given you all this free, free, free. I've been doing like free videos for, I get so many testimonials from people said, I learned this from, I learned that blah, blah, blah. And it's free content, free content, free content. But then when it's time for me to sell something, it's like, well, I've given you all this for free and you've made money from it. What happens when you leave with your credit card? And then some people don't value free. That's the flip side about it. And that's the psychological part of some people that are delivering the content that they're like, well, they don't value it. Okay. There is some validity to that. That doesn't mean that you stop doing it, though. So when you've got TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all these different places that everybody has content, give away free content, then you take them down the ladder of upgrading them and selling them or backdoor them into your direct sales company or selling a book or selling a course or whatever the case may be. Um, the other thing I would say is, is build your list. You got to build your list. I mean, I wish I could say that in 24 years, I've been in one network marketing company. Actually, no, I take that back. I'm not going to say I wish. Let me take that back uh, because I've learned so much along the way. I only know of I, I, I only know of a couple of people, like one of them I'm thinking in, 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 in general, uh, I won't mention his name offhand, but I think he's been in the same company for like 21, 22 years, which he's an anomaly, like an anomaly. But I would Brian say- Brothers is one that comes to my mind. That's who I was thinking about. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. That's exactly what I was. So I was. You said his name. So I know Brian very well. He's an anomaly. Brian is also a robot. I love him to death. But Brian's a robot. Like I call a yeah. spade a spade. Like nobody does what Brian does. Like twenty-one years later, nobody is zoned in and is focused on still prospecting six, seven hours a day, every day, like clockwork, day in, day out, day in, day out. Like he's a machine with it, you know. Wow. And that's that's somebody that's an anomaly, but. What I would say is from my experience, build your list. Because the more you build your email list, the more you build your following, if something does happen inside of that opportunity, then you have that list. That's where that branding comes into play. That has nothing to do with cross recruiting or anything like that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm literally talking about building your brand so strong, building the list so strong that if something happens, it doesn't matter if you're selling acid covered chocolate blow pops, they want to join you. Like right. that's the deal. And that, that's, that's what I would say that so many people are missing the boat. When I, when I see people with their company logos on Facebook or all they talk about is their company all day long. I'm like, I go to your wall and it looks like an infomercial. Yeah. No curiosity killed the cat. Like keep people curious. And if you build your brand strong enough, you build enough following, you build enough testimonials, you work on your leadership and you take your personal development extremely serious. It doesn't matter what happens because you will build a muscle that is so strong that if the company did go away, you don't blink. And that's happened to me a couple of times. I mean, Excel Communications sold. Kenny Trout, that was my first company. Like a year and a half after I got in, he sold. 
You know, and I can't blame him. He was 40 years old. He got offered a billion dollars. There was people that were like, oh, he shouldn't sell. And I'm like, listen, man, if you were 40 years old and somebody gave you a billy, deuces. I love y'all. I really do. Right. That was a billion dollars in 2001. Wow. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, and Kenny Trout's been winning since then. Like, years ago, his horse won the Kentucky Derby. So I'm like, he's still winning. And it was, bro, it was like <laughs> a 40, it was a 45 or 50 to one long shot. And I'm like, wow. oh my God, it was the first year that I didn't bet on the Derby. And I always bet on long shots. And I'm not a horse guy, but yeah. I, 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 I like to play the odds on underdogs. You know, yeah. and I'm like, man, he's still winning. But people are like, oh, well, why, why do he sell blah, blah, blah? Listen, we transitioned over to ACN. It wasn't the same model. You know, we played around in it for a little while, but it just, it wasn't the same model. It wasn't the same culture. It just, it blended in well for us because we were selling long distance, but it wasn't the same culture, you know? So we had to, we had to do different things. But along the way, I learned branding. I learned attraction marketing. I learned building the list. I learned that I'm a business, just like Jay-Z says, I'm not a businessman, I'm a businessman. So if I'm the businessman, I'm going to treat it that way because the network marketing and direct sales companies, they need us. Yes. And so many people, they, they got it twisted. And I tell people if they didn't need you, they would just be Walmart. Don't get it twisted. They need us. Do you know what yes. I mean? We're the ones that are bringing in the numbers and bringing in the people that are creating the volume that's selling the product or service. So become the best version of yourself along that way. And then don't marry the deal. Like I don't, I don't marry the deals and, and, and I'm involved in different things. Don't get me wrong, but people got to go fishing to see what I'm doing. They, they got to go fishing because I'm yes. branding me. So by the time they come through, it's like, Hey, I want to work with you. So then we, we're able to develop five year, eight year, 10 year, 15 year relationship. So that's what it's all about. I love that. Such sound advice, because yes, it's true. I mean, we can't, you know, whether you're in ne network marketing or real estate or whatever the case may be, I know a lot of realtors right now that, you know, the real estate market is shifting, right? So they're kind of looking to shift with the market. And so if they brand themselves and they, and they have that database, you know, I, I have a friend of mine, Manny, who's been on the podcast. He's, he has a financial services franchise and he said something similar to you. He says, build your list, have your, have a CRM, build your CRM. He says, basically saying the same thing, right? Build your list, have your CRM, right? Because, um, and then you're adding to that with branding yourself. And yes, I learned that a while ago. And when I learned that, I said, okay, I got to start branding myself. That's around the time I started the podcast. I started doing more stuff on, on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook and LinkedIn. And I recruit and I get so many customers and recruits because of the branding. And I'm not even really big, right? I'm getting there. You know, you got to start somewhere. But um, but even, even in 2012, I learned this uh, by accident. I just started doing a bunch of YouTube videos, right, in 2012. And I was in a company very similar to Organo Gold, right, Serenity. And uh, I started get, recruiting a whole lot of people because there wasn't a lot of people in 2012, 2011, doing YouTube videos, right, of how-tos and the comp line and, you know, tips and stuff like that. Later on, I realized, wow, I was kind of doing that back in 2010 or 2011. And so, but now I'm going to do it a little bit better. So that, that's great advice. Thank you for sharing that. One thing that you said, Cedric, that's very uh, intriguing to me is you said that when you went from Excel Communications to ACN, it was a different culture. And yes, companies have different culture. 
I'm curious, what was the difference in culture? What was the culture like at Excel? What was the culture like at uh, ACN that, that was different? It would be the difference between going to a church that allows you to dress how you dress. Yeah. Because you're coming there to receive the energy of the Lord versus a church that forces you to dress up. God, if, if, if I were to if I were to, to to compare it, because Excel was a lot more of a oh it if I use Florida like when I was I was the president of marketing for the largest VA mortgage lender in the nation um, made me a millionaire when I was 27 years old that's where I made my first million dollars at changed my life when I was in Virginia running the office we were suited and booted every day every right. day we were suited and booted when the owner moved me to Florida at that point there was no it was flip flops and cutoffs. And I'm like, this is this is different to me. I come right. from VA where people drove their money. They wore their money. Like you didn't know somebody had money unless they pulled up in a you know Cadillac or a Lexus or something, something that was really nice back in the day, right? In Florida, somebody could be worth $50 million driving a Honda Accord. True. It was different. That was the the difference with. Excel and, and ACN. ACN is a great company, still around, still around to this day. You know, yeah. but the 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 culture shift, I think, was a shock for some of us because we were used to being a lot more. I'm not going to say loud, but we were just used to being a lot more open, a lot more comfortable um, in our settings. And you know, now you know, meetings are you know everybody's suited and booted, and and things are a little bit more you know A B C D versus us. You know, we're we're a bunch of freelancers, man. We're just out there just signing up people, getting them on forums, just having fun. You know, it's a little different. I get it. I get it. Yeah, it was it was more of a relaxed environment. And I know I, I was a part of ACM for a hot minute. And yes, it's very, you know, everybody's suited and booted, right? Which that, nothing wrong with that, right? But the, that that is a difference of a culture. Even now, right? We see it in the times. You don't see that as much as you used to before, right? Now right, you start. Right. And I think one of the companies I saw that do that was uh, Vaisalis. Right. I, mm -hmm. I remember going to a Vaisalis meeting back in like 2008 or something. And uh, usually I was used to everybody being in suits and in Vaisalis, you know, they were in jeans. Maybe they had a they had a blazer on. Right. But, you know, it's a lot more of a casual environment. I'm like, they're obviously having success. This works. So there's more than one way to do it. So I understand what you mean by the difference in uh, culture. Man, we saw a lot of military in Vaisalis, man. I, I was a five star ambassador in that company in six months. I, I made one point seven million dollars in a year and a half in that comp plan. And we wow. crushed it, man. We so, man. You you saw people with blazers. I barely did. Like this is a t-shirt game, and it was a t-shirt milkshake game. It's so funny. I tell people the story all the time. I say, you know, I'm 172 pounds dripping wet. If I drink milkshakes every day, I'm going to look like JJ Evans from Good Times. I didn't drink <laughs> the milkshakes. I sold right. them though. I sold a lot right. of them. People were saying, "How do you believe it?" And I said, "Nino Brown didn't use his product either." G Money right. did and screwed it up. Nino didn't. Right. I said, so at the end of the day, it's not about whether or not I'm using it every day. And that's the other thing, JC, I would tell you that people get people get locked in into what they like. I, that's not how I think. I think, what do people buy? Doesn't matter what I like. So if I know that all these people are buying weight loss, that's what they want. Right. If, if I'm already 172 pounds dripping wet, and plus, I'm lactose intolerant, so I couldn't drink the milkshakes. Like I could right. taste it so that it was good, but I couldn't drink a whole milkshake, or it would have been a bad idea in a couple hours. So right. at the end of the day, it was, what do people buy? And I use the analogy of, I don't like cauliflower. That's not stopping the sales of cauliflower around the world because I don't like it. 
I might not eat cauliflower, but there are people that do. So look at what are people buying? What do they buy? It's kind of like in, in your niche that you're in. You're in a solid niche of the sun is everywhere. What are they buying? They're buying solar. Okay. Somebody could be renting a house and can be partnered up with you. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter that they're renting a house, but they're partnered with you. Okay. Maybe they're looking to be a homeowner in a couple of years or whatever the case may be. But what are people buying? So that's the the other key. Look at what are people buying? No, listen, that makes absolute sense, right? You know, I don't know who it was. It might have been Warren Buffett. I think it was him that said, and if not him, whatever, the quote's still good. He says, what people like to do, excuse me, what you like to do should be your hobby. What people like to do should be your business, right? So what you're saying is, yes, you know, one of the things that Holton Bugs used to always say, says, hey, listen, I don't really drink a whole lot of coffee, but the owner of Perina Dog Child doesn't eat his, you know, the, the food either, right? The, nah. the Perina Dog Child food. But people are still buying food for their pets, right? So, you know. For me, it's one of the things I saw is I saw the writing on the wall. I said, listen, you said on one of your videos how the utility companies are going up, how the inflation is really closer to 10% or higher versus what the the media and the the government tells you. I don't trust like 90% or even more than 90% of what the media says and what the government says. That's, That's my personal opinion, right? I respect everybody's opinion, whatever, right? So, but yes, indeed, there is a need for what we what we've got. There is a need for what you sell currently and what you sold then. You saw, obviously it worked out. You made $1.5 million in what, your first year you said? Yeah, a year and a half before before things got a little crazy over there. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and by the way, yes, when I went to a meeting, I saw some people with blazers, but yes, they were in jeans and t-shirts. The guys that had blazers had jeans and t-shirts and a blazer over the t-shirt, bro. So <laughs> you know The blazers I mean? that they were wearing, no, JC, the blazers that they were wearing were the ambassador two-star and five-star blazers That's that right. we were given when we hit ranks. Those wow. are, and, and, and talk about Brandon, they did a good job with that. Like if you were an ambassador, you got this black uh, blazer that, that you know, had the Vasalis logo on it. If you were a two-star, it was a blue blazer. And if you were a five-star, it was great. So you knew who was who based off of their blazer, but t-shirt nice. right up under. Yep. That's part of the culture building, right? Mm-hmm. That's part of the culture building. So. No, yeah, I, I love that, man. And, and clearly they did something right, you know. And like any company, right? It's interesting how some of these, all companies, they have their booms, right? There's booms, right? Like OG had their boom, Vaisalis had their boom. Um, when I got started, there was a, I started with a company called 2x2.net. That was one of the craziest boom. You, you, do you remember that company? I don't do remember that company. Yeah, it was mainly in California, bro. But I used to go to meetings where there was four or 500 people at the hotel room and there was Ferraris and Lamborghinis outside. And it was right around the time Boiler Room came out. And all these young cats were dressed in suits, you know, to the nines with driving Ferraris, Corvettes, Lamborghinis. I mean, it felt like the network marketing Boiler Room, right? It was crazy, man. So, uh, but shifting gears a little bit, obviously, hey, listen, we got to make money. We, we got to get our cash flow up. That's very important. But in addition to making money and getting our cash flow up, you also talk a lot about precious metals, particularly gold and silver, right? I want to talk about gold, silver, crypto, real estate. So tell me why you are so big on gold and silver, which by the way, I am too. That's, that, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have this conversation with you. But tell me a little bit about why you're so excited about gold and silver. 
So I bought my first ounce of gold in 2003 when gold was a little over 400 bucks an ounce. Um, right now, gold is at 18 and a quarter, I believe. Um, and one of my first mentors that was worth hundreds of millions of dollars, still my mentor to this day, you know, he educated me on investing at least 10% of my money every single week into precious metals. And his philosophy was, God isn't making any more of this, but number one, there isn't any, this is not like we can cut on a print press and print out gold coins. That's, that's not the case. It's universal. It's a universal language. So it's recognized yes. all around the world. And he really started to educate me on it's a hedge against inflation. Now at the time, I didn't understand what he was really saying. All I knew was that he had had about $300 million and I had like 80 grand. <laughs> so like I don't know what he taught it don't matter I'm just going to listen to Bill I'm just going to listen to Bill that's it I'm just listening to Bill and over time I really started understanding and this is the part where people drop the ball at on gold and silver that they they look at it and they and they think oh like silver for an example I was wow I first got into silver it was 11 you know silver is 21 now that was I mean that was 2003 2004 when I bought my first ounce of silver as well you know so silver hasn't done the same exact thing that that gold is done, but people don't understand that silver is the highest conductor of electricity. Silver's yeah. in the computer, silver's in your microphone, silver's in your stove, silver's in your iPhone, silver's in your mic, silver's in so many different things, right? In solar panels. So, exactly. So when you start looking at it as a hedge against inflation and you start to say, my dollar power is eroding, obviously, but golden, the gold and silver power is not eroding because you can't make any more of it so i just went bananas brother i, I kind of got past 10 percent a week and started doing 20 percent um i actually got into an mlm company um in 2000 and at, right out it was it was was it right after basalis or was it before basalis i think it was i think it was right after basalis no it was before basalis it was before basalis i was in a company called numis network that isn't in business anymore but um ray higdon was number one earner i was number two earner um, I mean, I had 60 plus percent of the whole company in my downline and it was the easiest conversation ever because I would tell people because we compared it to products like, hey, would you rather have a garage full of milkshakes, a garage full of vitamins or a garage full of gold and silver? You know, and it wasn't something. Yeah, it, it wasn't something you had to explain. Like, what, what do I need to explain to you? You either want some or you don't. Like, what, yeah. what do I need to explain? You know, so for me now, looking at the economy, looking at where we're going. Um, I think people would be crazy. I think they would be unequivocally crazy not to have precious metals, especially yep. knowing what's going on with China, Russia, all these other different countries that are kind of sick of, let's say, how the U.S. government can, quote unquote, weaponize the dollar. And, and most people don't understand that. And they just did it against Russia. So, you know, with the sanctions, with the sanctions against Russia, you know, it hurt them some, but they got they got a, they got a lot of oil and a lot of gold, blah, blah, blah. But those sanctions came from if the dollar wasn't a reserve currency, how can a U.S. sanction them? <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? So so now these world leaders are like, hold on for a second. Like if you, you can do that to them, you, hold on for a second. Hold on. Let's all get together over here. And, and yes, they've got the biggest economy. Yes, they've got the biggest military, blah, blah, blah. But let's all get over here and maybe we should come up with our own 
type of reserve system. And this is these are the conversations that are happening right now. And they already said that the Prince and, and Saudi Arabia or whatever, now they're open. They're open to accepting other than just the dollar for oil. I don't think people understand what that means. Like yep. people don't understand. If they start accepting the wand for oil, they start accepting the ruby, they start accepting different things for oil. People don't understand that 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 that, that dollar, that dollar is going to get crushed. So when you are offsetting it, you know, with precious metals, at least, and I'm not here to give anybody financial advice. I don't play one on television, on YouTube, on Instagram, anywhere. Um, what I would tell people though is that at the end of the day, at least 10% a week of what you're making should go into precious metals at least that and look at it like you're not spending anything all you're doing is converting your dollars into metals that's it and if you need to get out of it you can get out of it don't go to a pawn shop you know go to a dealer you know get the get the get the right type of coins and bars and all that good stuff but at the end of the day all you're doing is just converting your dollars so I'm super passionate about that, brother. I mean, I've got a whole separate Facebook group sitting around that. I, I've got a lot of people that are all in the gold and silver, and we got a couple of nice plugs that we share with them. And man, you know, it, it's a it's a beautiful thing when you see people getting gold every month, getting silver every month, paying attention to it. And uh, I like to see like face. You know, how Facebook gives you those stories that they remind you of what you posted yeah. last year, the year before. Every year, it's it's almost like a these Kitco screenshots come up. I'm like, hey, look at gold. Is that eleven hundred dollars? Oh, hey, y'all, it's thirteen hundred. Oh, hey, y'all, it's fifteen hundred. I mean, we we got all we got all the way up to nineteen hundred not too long ago, and then we and I knew we were going to have a pullback. It, it went up to nineteen twenty five, you know. And when you got a run that strong, you know, it was it was going to be a little bit of pullback and some profit taking. But sure. at the end of the day, you you can't you can't go wrong with God's money. That's God's money, you know. So how do you go wrong with God's money? Hundred percent, and he's not created like you said. He's not creating any more of it, right? Oh. Just like uh, gold, silver, real estate, crypto, right? There's only the thing about these things is that there's only a finite amount of these things, right? right. And so, yes, I see what's happening, and <clears throat> I think that we're going into a pretty bad recession. I don't think that we've seen the worst of it. I think that we're going into a pretty bad recession, and people are going to be hurting. Another thing that you mentioned in one of your videos that made a lot of sense is. It's a great way to save money, right? It's, it's it's not as easy if you just have it in a savings account. First of all, you're losing to inflation. Mm -hmm. Number one, your dollars are dwindling, right? I mean, one of the, the examples I give in solar, I tell a customer, look, you're currently paying, you know, whatever it is, 30 cents a kilowatt hour for electricity. This is the equivalent of you buying a gas card in the year 2000. Gas in California in the year 2000 was $1.17 a gallon. Right now, it's $5 a gallon. Would you think it was a good idea to buy that gas car back in the year 2000 and stay at $1.17 a gallon? Yes. Well, same thing is happening with the dollar, right? The buying power. I mean, look at the cost of eggs. Look at the cost of everything. And not to be a conspiracy theorist, but there's a lot of things that are happening, bro, that are very fishy that seem to be by design, right? So I started buying, you know, a long time ago. Lately, I started buying even more, especially after I watched your video. I said, you know what? You just kind of reminded me of something I already knew. And I would buy from time to time, but I wasn't very consistent with it. So when I saw you talking about it, I said, you know what? He's absolutely right. And I should have known this. I'm going to start doing it like an automatic. I get, you know, every week, every other week, you know, I'm going to buy some silver. I buy more silver than gold. Would you recommend to people that, you know, because a lot of people that are, there's people that are watching this video that 
They got the money to put in a thousand, two thousand bucks. There's other people that they've got 50 to 100 bucks to put in, right? Would you recommend that they start with silver? Is that something that you'd recommend? Yeah, people that if, if their money isn't that strong, absolutely. Because right now, silver is at $21 an ounce. Um, typically, you're going to you're gonna pay because of the spread right now. You're going to pay between 28 to 32 bucks an ounce for an ounce of silver, um, unless you're buying Eagles. If you're buying American Eagles, American Eagles have a crazy premium on them right now. So an American Eagle right now, as I speak currently right now, it's about between $36 to $39 an ounce for one Eagle. Wow. Um, and that's because it's still considered currency. Um, and plus, there's a few conspiracy theorists that think that it's going to be, you know, money, money, big time money here real soon. But hey, hey to each his own. But I mean, you can get a, a, a roll, a roll of Eagles for maybe 700 bucks right now. Maybe probably a little bit more. Um, if it's just if it's just a bar or just rounds, 20 rounds, you're talking 20 rounds times 30. That's 600 bucks, you know, versus an ounce of an ounce of gold. You're paying right now about $100 over spot. And a lot of people don't have it. And if they do have it on hand, it might be 110 or 120 over spot. Or you have to put in the order and wait for it to be delivered. I don't like to wait for mine to be delivered. I like to touch it. You know, so it's like, I don't, I don't want to be waiting for two or three months. So basically what I do is every week, I'm clocked in every week. I've got a dealer that is uh, 10 minutes from my house. And every single week, I buy gold and silver from him every week. Now, I will tell people when it comes down to gold, don't buy in partials. Don't buy in partials. Like the best thing that you can do is buy a full ounce. If you right. do buy half an ounce, there's going to be a premium on it. If you buy a gram, it's going to be a major premium on it, okay? And and some people might want to buy grams because it's, you know, they can get a gram of gold for 85 or 90 bucks right now. Okay, that's cool, and it's, you can easily move it, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, if you do the equivalent of what you're really truly paying for as you calculate those grams into an ounce, you're, you're, you're paying, you know, extra four or $500 over spot just, just wow. for doing that. So if you do it, with silver, you can get an ounce for 30 bucks. Just don't think about it. Like I've got one program that I'm on auto ship for it. And I got a lot of my, my friends who are on auto ship for it. I'm on one program that I get 15 ounces a month on auto ship with silver. And that's without me leaving my house. But then I still go and I add to it. I still buy weekly from my dealer, you know, and I do it with that program because I can do it out of the commissions that I make, which is really cool. So I don't even have to move any money around. It makes it even easier. But the reality of it is that you're collecting more and more and more. So, and the other thing that I do, some people might find this intriguing. And I, I think that because we have a similar mindset, I think you might, you might like this too. You know, when I was growing up, always to always educate my people. And I say, listen, um, my mom and dad, they weren't hip to money. They didn't understand certain things. My mom, she made about 25 grand a year. My dad made like 30. We, we didn't we didn't have any money. Um, so when Christmas time came, my dad, you know, he looked out for us. He got us stuff. But I'm 47 right now. I don't have any of those things. The G.I. Joe with the Kung Fu grip, the Atari, the Nintendo, the Mike Tyson punch out game, the, the boom box, all that stuff my dad bought us when we were small. And I've got two grandkids now, right? So I, I told... I told my, my oldest daughter a couple of years ago, I said, listen, I, I call her on Christmas and because I wasn't able to make it make it to Virginia that year. I call her and I, I see my, my grandbaby and she's got all this stuff. 
She got a lot of stuff, JC. I mean, she's two years old, man. She, a lot of stuff. That was before you went to grandma's house. All the stuff. And I like, Dad, Dad, what you what'd you get me up? I said, nothing. She was like, huh? What do you mean? What do you mean nothing? I said, well, I'm not going to say I got her nothing. I just didn't get her anything that she's going to forget about. Right. And she's like, well, what do you, what do you mean, Dad? I said, every year I'm buying Mia $500 in crypto until she's 18 years old. Right. I'm going to let you and, and her daddy and grandma, y'all can buy the Barbie dolls and all this stuff, all this good stuff, because every year you're giving that stuff away anyway. Yes. She's outgrowing these clothes. These kids grow up fast. So she's outgrowing the Balenciaga sneakers that you're buying her at two, three years old. She's, I mean, I mean the, the hand-me-down game with my grandkids is just bananas. And I'm like, so we're buying crypto. So now it's crypto and silver every year. And I say, I'm going to do them until, until both of them are 18 years old. So when they're 18 years old, they can look back and I hope that granddad is still here. I think I got enough MLM products in my garage that I should live to. I'm like 172 <laughs> years old. So right, right. when they're 18 years old, they've got assets. Right. You know, put we, we put life insurance on the grandkids now. Now, when the policies are pennies, when they're nothing, you know, so then when they're 18 years old, they've got all this cash value that they can go and pull 50 grand. They can pull a hundred grand. They can use that money to buy a house or put a down payment on it. I don't know what Bitcoin is going to be when they're 18 years old, but if the world is still here, it's impossible for it to be 24 grand. You know right. what I mean? Like right. I can't see it being 24 grand in 18 years, not based on where we are right now. You know, silver's right. at 21 right now. How can it be at 21 in 18 years? How can gold be 1800 in 18 years? It can't be. So it's me educating them on assets, assets, assets. So as they get older, they get it. And then my, my daughter's like, ah, okay, dad. Now, now that makes sense. As we educate them when they're young, so then they can look back and say, my granddad had the foresight on this. My dad had the foresight on this. Awesome. Because as we grew up, our parents didn't have that kind of foresight. I mean, if they right, did, right. if they did, we would have 15, 20 million dollars in the bank if they did, because we would have got smart with it and flipped that life insurance money or flipped some gold, or instead of them buying us Jordans, they would have bought us Nike stock, you know, and just let it compound and or bought, bought us bonds or whatever the case may be, you know. So that's where I'm at. So I, I really look at what are things that, that God isn't making more of? He isn't making more of any crypto, he isn't making more of any gold, he isn't making more of any silver, he isn't making more of any platinum isn't making more of any copper and isn't making he's not making any more dirt i don't care what's right. going on in the real estate market he's not making any more dirt yep. so at the end of the day people are going to always need somewhere to live you yep. can say what you want to say but you always need a roof all oh, the housing market is going down i was in the mortgage industry for six and a half years i made a killing in that thing you know what right now we're, we're looking at seven and a half percent 30-year mortgages you think that slows down it that slows down buying? Uh yeah, when two years ago it was three percent. Yep. That that same house is double the payment now. It's like that that slows down the game. I was looking at an article yesterday in your backyard in San Diego. They had all these foreclosures, and they were like the the they were finding houses for 40 grand. They, 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 wow. No, they were the tax sales. People didn't pay their taxes on it. 40, 50 thousand dollar houses. Yeah, you might need to paint it. Yeah, it might need some work on it. It might have been abandoned for a year or two. But you can buy the house for 40 grand 
and not even touch it, not even touch it and sell it as is for 50 yep. or 60 and let the next rehab person come in and put the money in it and sell it. Especially in California, you guys are paying like, you know, $1.2 million for 300 square feet. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's, and if you live in San Francisco, forget about it. Just forget about it. I'm looking at property in San Francisco. I'm like, how do people live there? Like, how is how did you pay $2 million for 800 square feet, 900 square feet? You got to make real money. But yep. they aren't making any more. So you got to look at things that they aren't making more of, man. They, 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 can, they can print money, but you got to look at the things that God isn't making more of. That's why I'm so passionate about gold and silver and crypto and real estate for sure. I love it, man. I love it. Go going to silver, for example, and probably gold too, but especially silver. I hear a lot that the, the price of precious metals is also being manipulated and it should really be okay. higher than it is right now. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about it. There's there's not only is it being manipulated, the bigger countries are not telling us exactly what they have. So I was having a conversation the other day with somebody and they were like, China said they have 2000 tons of gold. And I said, if you believe that you are retarded, why right. would China tell us exactly how much gold they have? Yeah, why? exactly. What is the benefit of them? What, what is the benefit when you can take 2000 and say, What's 2,000 times 1825? That's what it's worth. Why would they, if they say they got 2,000 tons, they've got 200,000 tons. That's wow. what they really have. So right. is, it being, is, is the game being manipulated? There's no question. There's no question that all these markets, man, I, I wish, JC, I wish, I wish that we were living in a world that people were honest. Yeah. Crypto market is manipulated. Real estate is manipulated. Gold and silver is manipulated. The whole game, the whole game is rigged. You just got to be smart enough to say, I'm cost averaging. Uh, if I understand the game that people are playing, if I understand it, then let me play it their way. It's when right. you don't understand it. It's kind of like if we use crypto as an example, right? Like when the pandemic hit. So when the pandemic hit, right before the pandemic hit, I remember sitting in the living room and I was watching all the ticker symbols and I, I watched Bitcoin go tick, 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 tick. And I, I did a live, right? And I was excited. And people were like, said, how are you excited? Like Bitcoin just hit four grand. I'm like, you guys have no idea what's happening right now. I said, okay. No, no problem. I said, you have no idea what's happening right now. I said, Bitcoin is at four grand. You should back the truck up. You should literally back a truck up. Now, now all the media was, no, no, stay away, stay away, stay away. And my Kevin Hart voice, no, 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 nobody, no. <laughs> then when it hits 20, 30, 40, once it started to get to 40, all the media is all over it. They're yeah. talking about it. 45, get some, 50, get some. You're in too late now. Now everybody's buying it. That's when the big people are like, uh-oh, got to go. We got to cash out now because I got in at five grand. I got in at eight grand. They're going to run it up. Now the media is talking about it. We kissed 60. And what happened after we kissed 60? Boom. Right. But all those people that bought at 40, 50, 60, it's going to go to 100 grand. It's going to go to a million dollars a coin. Yeah. Uh -huh. Good luck with that. Okay. You got to understand that there's always market makers and market manipulators and whales can flush you out. 
they can right. flush you out so quick. So it's kind of like I watch what the media says, not do the opposite. Because by the time the media gets it, it's too late. You you gotta be, that's why you gotta be in masterminds and underground circles and, and around people that understand certain things that can say, hey, this is what's getting ready to happen. This these are the markets that are moving right now. So then you can play it. And if you're smart, you can make money when it goes up and you can make money when it goes down. And that's a whole nother conversation, you know, but yeah. that's how the market makers do it, man. And, and that's the game. That's really the game. Wow. No, yeah, it's true. It's true. And, you know, when it was at, it, it got like 16,000 a couple months ago. And mm -hmm. I realized, I, I looked at it and I said, I can't believe it's at 16,000. And I had in that, in that particular account, I had a uh, $12,000 in USDT. Cause right. again, when, the, when, when it was high, not at 60, I didn't sell at 60. Right. But, um, you know, I cashed out. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that particular account had 12,000. So I went and I bought Bitcoin, Ethereum and XRP, all 12,000 worth. Boom. Like a month later, thing blew up, made 20 something percent. You know what I'm saying? And so now, we did go on a mini bull run and right now crypto kind of, you know, but there's a lot of speculation that people think it's going to go back down before it goes up again on a big bull run. What do you think? Do you think, um, do you think we're going to hold steady? We're going to go down a little bit before we really take the bull run in, in, in a year or two. What, what are your thoughts? Man, it's, it's, a, it's a tricky place that we're in. It's a tricky place. Let me, let me, let me frame this here really quickly. And, and I always like to frame things. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not here giving financial advice. Anytime you do anything, whether it's gold, silver, real estate, oil, stocks, bonds, always consult a financial advisor. I am saying these things for entertainment purposes only. Now that I got that out of the way, <laughs> what do I think? Um, April is going to be an interesting month. I think people need to pay close attention to April, especially around the middle of April. Um, okay. my, my, uh, sources and, and my philosophy is we're going to have a pullback. Um, we're going to have a pullback before we have a, 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 a big, a bigger run. The other thing that we have to pay attention to in the United States is the amount of regulation that's coming down now. Um, Sam, the FTX guy screwed it up for a lot of people, you know, so they're, they're regulating everything. You know, they're looking at Binance and coin. They're looking at everybody right now. Like they just, they're just up everybody's skirt right now. Um, and the government doesn't like people making money when they don't have anything to do with it. Let's just call a spade a spade. So yes. at the end of the day, um, do I think there's going to be a little bit of a pullback? I personally, yeah. Do I think that it's going to be a, a longer term play? Yes. It's not going anywhere. Um, so I think that people just have to be smart um where they are you know they gotta they gotta know the old kenny rogers game you gotta know when to hold them you gotta know when to fold them you gotta know when it cost average you gotta know when to park you know and you gotta know that pigs get fat and hogs get slaughtered the only challenge i see with crypto right now is too many people are setting themselves up to get slaughtered because of greed it's right. greed and it's like if, if you've got 50 grand in your bank account why did you take 40 grand and throw it into crypto like you're not even using common sense because then right. you've got to look at it every day. Like you just got to keep looking at it. You know, I tell my friends all the time, especially my guy friends, I said, listen, your net worth is tied into crypto way too much that if you got it, when you get up in the middle of the night to go use the bathroom, you got to grab your phone and go to coin market cap. 
you got too much of your network time. As soon as you roll over in the morning, the first thing that you do is go to CoinMarketCap. Or the first thing that you do is you log in your Coinbase or your Binance or your Kraken. Is that the first thing that you do? You got too much tied in. The, the, the thing about an investment is you should be able to invest something and forget about it. That's the key. Invest right. and forget about it. So then you can come back later and be like, oh, man, I, there's some of us. We, we've invested in coins that we literally forgot about. Like I've, I've made investments. I, I, I legitimately forgot about them. I'm like, oh, snap. I didn't know. I, 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 I was getting ready to say something. I'm on video. Let's just say that. Let's just say that sometimes you can make an investment here and there. And then you can go into an exchange or go into a wallet and say, man, I forgot I did that three years ago. That was yep. sexy. I totally forgot about that. Or it's a wallet that you buried somewhere. You totally forgot about it. You took your passwords and your seed phrases. You put them in your safe block. I totally forgot about that wallet. Then you go and you look at like, oh, man, that is a that's pretty sexy right there. That's the trick with investing. So do I think right. that it's going to go? I, I think we're, I think we're going to have a, a, a little bit of a pullback. Do I think that we're going to kiss uh, 15, 16 again? I don't think so. I could be wrong, but I think that there's going to be a, a little bit of a pullback and then there's going to be, you know, a, a, a little tick up. So I think that people got to pay attention to, you got to pay attention to altcoins, to the right altcoins um, right. that can ride that wave that you can get, you know, the 20, 30s, 50s and 80%, you know, and, uh, but you're smart with it too. It's got to be smart. I love it. I love it. I got one more question for you, brother. Thank you for that. The, I, I think that, you know, we share the similar opinion when it comes to the market like that. Um, one last question for you. Why do you think, for example, I saw Numis Network. They had an incredible comp plan, right? Mm -hmm. They, you know, what you guys were doing, you and Ray Higdon are the ones that I remember from that company. And so uh, why do you think these silver network marketing companies haven't really stuck around? Or who knows? Maybe there is one that has, right? I know that you're a part of one right now, but what, what is your opinion about that? First of all, let me back up. Numbers Network did not have a good comp plan. Let me be clear with that. Oh, no? Oh, I thought <laughs> no, you did. did not. No, the, 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 reason why, the reason why myself and Ray were able to do so well with it is because, number one, we were going against the grain. So many people were in health and wellness, and it was an easy conversation. That was number one. Right. Number two, at the time, I was the number one income earner in my lead system pro. So I was doing 40 grand a month in my lead system pro without Numis Network. And we converted so many people from MLSP because Ray was there, I was there, and David Wood was there. So right. when I bought in David Wood, former owner of Empower Network, we turned around and bought in the owners of my lead system pro at the same time. So all these people are in my downline. So it just brought all this momentum over that we made money, but the comp plan sucked. Um, now, why don't they last? All right, this is a tricky question. But I yes. love I love being raw. Okay, all right. So here's the deal. Because I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings when I say this. <laughs> but I'm not going to apologize. All right. right. Here's the thing. Indirect sales, when it comes down to silver, most companies will market numismatic coins. That's what yes. numismatic did. There's another one that's similar. Not going to mention any names. That I'm, I'm in one. It's not. It's bullion only. Okay, and margins are small, so it's not like you're making a gazillion dollars. I'm not in it really to make a gazillion dollars. I'm in it because I know people can get on auto ship for silver, and the retention is extremely high because people don't cancel money on auto ship. They don't cancel money. Your money is coming in, so they're just getting a money shipment. It's not like I'm getting bottles of juice every month. 
Okay. So in the numismatic world, what most people don't really get is that some of these companies will, will take an American Eagle. Typically, typically it's an American Eagle or a different type of coin and they'll get it graded. There's three major graders in the country, Annex, NGC, and PCGS. These companies charge between seven to $15 a graded coin. So if I'm the owner of a network marketing company that's marketing silver and I'm marketing numismatic coins, this is where I'm gonna hurt some feelings that, all right? And I go and I buy all the silver, right? And my cost average on the coin is 25 bucks, for an example. It costs me 10 bucks to get it graded. I got 35 bucks in the coin. Right. Your auto ship is 110. Wow. Okay, the company has 35 in it. Company has 35, 40 bucks in it max. Your auto ship is 110 bucks. But said, but said, it's a special coin. It's numismatic. Listen, let me tell you something. If the world goes to a hell in a handbasket, nobody cares about your pretty special case. Right. How much does it weigh? It's yes. one ounce. Great. It's special when it's only 2,000 of them. You know, uh, a 1967 Ford Mustang is a collectible. Right. A 2018 BMW 750 Li is not a collectible. Right. It's not because there's a gazillion of them. Okay, so it's if, if, if the U.S. government minted 10 million freaking 10 million coins in a year. Stop talking to me about, stop talking to me about this special eagle or that special eagle now. Are there some special coins? Yeah, there's a couple of them that are special, but I only invest in special coins when there's a low mintage. It has to be a low mintage. It was 3,000 of them, 10,000 of them, 25,000. I don't go over 50,000 when I'm looking at a special coin. If it was more than 50,000 of a minted, I'm Gucci. Because for that same coin, I would tell people, people will always compare this company to this company. And, and I would say, okay, if, if, if I'm getting one ounce for 30 bucks and you're getting a special coin for 110, adding your taxes, shipping, you had 120, would you rather have four ounces or one? Four. You'd rather have four ounces. So yeah. don't talk to me about this. Oh, but they will buy back and this and that. Stop the madness. Like if you could understand comp plans, you'll see where the air is. The other thing that I look at also, JC, is that when you look at companies like that, I'm always looking at how many people are in corporate. This is where people don't understand comp plans, bro. It blows my mind. I'm, I'm like, where do you think these six-figure salaries are coming from? Duh. It, yeah. duh. Like when, when you show me eight or nine executives and you show me this big building and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, who's paying for that? You, you, it's coming from the field. It's coming from the field. Now, if I'm dealing with the mom and pop, two, three man shop, four man shop, I'm not dealing with all this overhead when they're not trying to make a gazillion bucks because they're doing it off of volume. It's off of volume. Yes. It's not about join my deal for 500 bucks and I get a special case and this and that and, and I got one ounce of silver in there. What? What are you talking about? Like, uh, oh, we can swap this up. No, no. I'm all about the numbers. So this is the reason why they don't last, bro. The, the, the one that I'm, I'm involved in one, it's not my main deal. It's just, it's just I'm, I don't have a main, I've, I've got a couple, of, I'm a businessman. I, I've got multiple things working for me, right? But that particular one, thousands of people in it, very high retention, do very well, it makes makes us money, 
Okay, but the reality of it is that people can literally be on ownership for 30 bucks. Wow. And, and they don't have to go to the pawn shop or go try to find a dealer or this or that to get silver. And they're doing bullion versus majority of them that do this. They do it with numismatic coins. And I understand why. I mean, once I figured it out, look, me and Ray, we were crushing it at Numus Network, man. We were crushing it, man. And when we, when uh, when I decided to leave Numus Network, um, the company, the company sold a little over a year later to World Ventures, anyway. Um, but I started doing some research on some things, and one of my plugs in in in, in Lutz, Florida, is Gainesville Coins. And I went to Gainesville one day, and I took one of my coins, and they started laughing at me. And I was like, "What's funny, guys?" He was like, "Oh, you must be in that Numis thing, said." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" They were like, "You guys are the only ones that come in here with these annex graded coins." He was like, "Do you realize that annex is the worst grader?" And I'm like, "What? What are you talking about?" So he whipped out that little eyeball thing that you look at diamonds with, and he looked yeah. at it really close, and he said, "Look at this." And he was showing me clouds on the coin. It was a mint state seventy. It's supposed to be perfect. Wow. He's like, dude, I know exactly. And, and I'm not going to mention the other guy's name. All I'm going to say is, is that, you know, with partnership. Now, nah, actually, I'm going down a rabbit hole too much. All, all, all I would say is this, like when, when you start to understand where the plugs come from and when a company can go and buy 15, 20 monster boxes, you know, when silver was 16, $17 an ounce and then they're charging us a hundred. And then when silver went up, when I, when I went south on it is that George Soros, silver went from $11 an ounce to $40, $47, $46 ounce in a couple of years. And George Soros, the billionaire telecommunications guy, he dumped a bunch of silver and drove the price down, okay? He should have. He, he made a killing. If you bought at six bucks and it ran up to 50, you're going to sell too, right? So he, yeah. he, he dumped a bunch of it, right, and drove the price back down. But that took our auto ship, bro. When silver was 11, our auto ship was 100. No, no, yeah, it was between 11 and 14, somewhere around there, our auto ship was like 100 bucks. When silver got to 40 some odd dollars, our auto ship was 150 for the same coin. Then when silver went back down, guess what didn't go down? Our auto ship. That's when I got upset. I said, hold on, hold on, hold on, y'all playing me now. Uh, yeah. uh, 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 I, my daddy told me don't let people play with your intelligence now you're playing with my intelligence because the price of silver went down our auto ship should be going down with that you can't keep yeah. charging me $150 then once I started doing the math and they started telling me dude you need to get some bullion like and then I tried to sell it and they really they really was like dude we will give you 20 bucks I think silver was like $22 an ounce at the time or something they are like we'll give you 20 bucks and I was like what I got $110 in this coin. We don't care what you got in the coin. We don't care. Like, we're not going to, we're just going to break it out the case because we don't sell annex coins anyway. Now, I say all this to say that I'm not saying that some graded coins aren't good graded coins because some of them are. You just yeah. have to pay attention to your mintage. Pay attention yeah. to your mintage because in typical network marketing companies, they got to do something to mark it up. That's, awesome. that's, that's what that is with silver. Makes sense. Interesting. Yeah, I remember one time this dude came from, he was in Newman's Network, and he tried to sell me 10, 10 of those coins for a thousand bucks. I was like, I can't do it, bro, because, I mean, no. I, I could Google what the price of, of, of silver is, and you're nowhere near, but I'll, he needed some money, right? I said, I'll hook you up. I think I ended up giving him like 250 bucks or something like that. 
And he was unhappy. I said, hey, man, you don't have to sell them to me, man. Go sell them to, you know, a coin shop or whatever. Right? But, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Cedric, how can people find you? How can people connect with you? Um, you can check me out. Um, my main, I've got an app. My main app is at saidsaidunplug.com. So just how it sounds, saidsaidunplug.com. I'm on Instagram at saidsaid. Please, uh, Instagram is a tricky place for me, though, because I got an impersonator right now that has about 10,000 followers. It's crazy. Wow. He pulled all these followers and it's, and it's said sold. C-E-D-S-A-L-D. So if anybody inboxes you on Instagram about some crypto Forex thing, it's not me. I don't ping people on Instagram like that. Um, but I'm on Instagram at said said. I do a lot on Facebook too. So you can look me up on Facebook at uh at Cedric Harris. And I got a I've got a book that's getting ready to come out here real shortly. That's gonna be really, really cool. So so yeah, then you can check me out on on TikTok as well. Awesome, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna also link your your tags, you know, your handles in the description as well. Cedric, thank you so much, brother, for getting on here, bro. I know your time is valuable. You gave us a lot of value. I appreciate you very much, my brother. Thank you so much, JC. Appreciate it, brother. Keep crushing it out there. Thank you, brother. Have a good day. You too. All right, guys. So here's another episode of the Driven Not Given podcast. Make sure you guys follow Cedric. And with that being said, I'll see you guys at the top or from the top. Take care.